0: funny that when eric carlson arrived in town he spoke of different things over the years that he'd experienced in pittsburgh that he appreciated whether that meant the city whether that meant the hockey arena whether that meant the two times that he golfed out at oakmont and while it's still to me just completely wild that this guy is gonna play hockey in pittsburgh there's also a part of me that feels like you know he's just such a Just such a natural fit. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The assimilation of Carlson into the program won't exactly require some indoctrination. Everyone knows exactly who he is. And what he is on the ice. He also has more than a few acquaintances on the roster. Matt Nieto, recently acquired bottom six forward, was his teammate out in San Jose. So was Andreas Janssen, a depth guy that was picked up as well. He's met Ricard Raquel. And of course, over the years, whether it was in the NHL, at all-star games, or in international competition, He's had interactions with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. That's that's part of it. That helps. That's not that big a deal, though. As someone who's covered this team forever, I can tell you that when these guys come into the locker room, they're embraced right away, even if they're just fringe guys. But if you're coming in there and you're that guy, you're going to have everybody lining up. And you're going to have everybody hanging on your every syllable once you're all out on the ice together. Don't forget, one thing about Carlson that's kind of important is that in addition to all of his skill, he's been an NHL captain and a respected captain at that. So he knows his way around navigating a locker room. What I'm wondering, though, if it sounds like I was heading towards something here, is how, if at all, Mike Sullivan and his staff adjust to Carlson or vice versa. No, really think about it, because it, I think the easy way to view this is that, well, Sullivan's had Latang for years, so he's already had one of these. He knows how this is supposed to go. He's also had a Gino, who was going to be prone and still is prone to making the occasional, let's say, low percentage pass between the blue lines, it's going to end up resulting in a quality shot on your own goaltender. So you can say, well, Sully just knows how to handle these guys. But even with Gino, even with Letang, notice I'm leaving Sid out of this completely. Sullivan is going to say, hey – There are certain parts of the rink. We don't want to do some stuff, okay? We don't want to make a pass from here to here. We consider this to be a danger area. That's actually one of the terms he uses. A red area is another one he uses. And he'll have similar expectations, as he always has, in the offensive zone. That's actually, to be honest with you, where he really rolls out all the danger in the red. Because he sees those as the chances that are just the most easily avoidable. And if you've spent even as much as five minutes over the course of the past week rolling through Carlson's highlights, just from this past season, you don't have to go back into his Ottawa tenure. You can just do it from just the Norris Trophy year with San Jose. You will see that in the offensive zone, there are no rules for this guy, okay? He led the NHL. You're going to think this is a made-up stat. Led the league in deeks by a defenseman. What are deeks by a defenseman, you ask? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. He will get the puck somewhere in the offensive zone. He'll see someone coming at him. He'll do something with his head, his shoulder, juke one way, go the other like Alexei Kovalev style. Now, with you you just knew to expect it, and because he was a forward, he wasn't the last guy back, and you would just kind of live with it if it didn't work out, which, by the way, most of the time it did. But in Carlson's case, he is a defenseman, and he is the last guy back. He will get away with this move way more often than not, but there are times when he won't. There are times when he'll just take the puck down deep along the right wall, go all the way around behind the net, come around to the other side. And at this point, the opponent is mesmerized, and it's fabulous. It's the kind of thing you can't coach, not at any level of the game. So if you're a Sullivan and you appreciate having seen all of this type of magic, even if it's in different forms, from Sid, Geno, to a lesser extent, Latang, although Latang is very much capable of what I just described. Then you're faced with one of those situations that Sullivan likes to say, we don't want to take the sticks out of their hands. We never want to take the sticks out of the hands of great players. He'll say this all the time and he's going to say it again. When they convene camp as it relates to Carlson. Mark my words on that. But I'm also going to tell you that there's nothing about that that fits within any sort of systematic responsibility. So what in all likelihood will have to happen, and I believe will happen, is that the coach will have probably one really good crack at letting Carlson know, in training camp, of the way the Penguins like to play, giving him positive examples of plays that great players, because he has those, already in the house, have made, either within the system or because of the system, and encourage him from there. And it'll be at that point that someone will say now let's talk power play and up, oh, nope, time for lunch no time for the power play today when we come back J1Q Today's J1Q comes from Nick who says hey DK is it fair to include Eric Carlson In the big three and now make it a big four. His pedigree is there and his contract runs concurrently with all the others. Nick, I've never used big three, so I'm probably not the one to ask. I'm not sure where that gets used. I'm not sure if that gets used. I'm sure since you're referencing it, you've either seen, heard, or read it somewhere. But for me, the only reference that I ever make as it relates to the penguins, When it comes down to being that selective is to the core. I'll even capitalize the C because they've been together for so long that they, to me, have deserved a proper name. They're the core, capital C. That, of course, is Sid Gino and Letang. Now, is Carlson part of the core? I mean, no. How could he be? He has yet to play a game. And even when he does, it'll be his first game. While the rest of these guys have been around for a decade and a half and won three cups together. So, I, I, look, does he belong in the same dialogue with Sid Gino and LaTang? Yeah, of course he does. In fact, I not to make anybody mad here or whatever, but he's on a higher level than LaTang is. He's got two more Norris trophies than LaTang does, he scored a lot more points. LaTang's got three rings to Carlson's zero, but we're talking about individually here. Carlson is the guy who's had the better hockey career. And the wildest thing about all of this is that out of these four guys that we're talking about, the guy who's going to end up leading the team in goals, which is only the most important statistic is someone else entirely, which is Jake Gensel, even though Jake will be coming off surgery. You can Take that one to the bank. Jake is absolutely leading the Penguins in goals this winter. And he's been doing that for a while. So is it a big four? Is it a big five? Is it a core three? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. What does matter? And I'm not going to stop shaking my head about this for a while. But I'm going to repeat it here just for effect. Is that Carlson's a Penguin. Carlson's playing in Pittsburgh. And I'm not sure exactly where to rank that in the annals of the franchise's major acquisitions uh, because they come with different categories. As I was referencing earlier this week, you have a couple of trades that Craig Patrick made that resulted almost directly in championships. And those aren't going to be topped. Those, of course, being in 91 and 92. But you also saw this franchise acquire – Tom Barrasso in his prime. You saw this franchise acquire Paul freaking Coffey from Edmonton, not only in his prime, but in the prime of a dynasty for which he was a massive star. A lot more recently, the acquisition of Phil Kessel was greeted in a way that honestly surprised me in Pittsburgh. I, I, I did not see Phil getting welcomed with open arms like that. Uh, he was a guy that was seen unfairly as it turns out as being something of an enigma not necessarily the best team guy he turned out to be exactly the opposite and of course was a big big part of not one but two Stanley Cups but this let me put it another way when coffee came coffee was still at the top of his craft there wasn't there wasn't an overall universal sense that Coffey was the best defenseman in the game because at that time, just being all offense was kind of frowned upon. It was a different time. You're going to have to trust me on this. Barrasso wasn't seen as the best goaltender in the game. None of those players acquired in 91 or 92, with immense respect, Ron Francis, Ulf Samuelson, Rick Tockett, were seen as – being the best at their respective positions Carlson is Carlson just was handed the Norris Trophy and for his next act he showed up in Pittsburgh that's not with any precedent over the 50 plus years of this franchise's existence and that is something unto itself The fact that it's coming in the waning years of Sid, Gino, and Letang and maybe, maybe offers a final chance at another cup run is, wow, what a week, huh? What a week. Let's do it again Monday, all right?